Listener Production. Wall Street continues to consolidate following an early week sell-off. And Aussie shares expected to end the week higher ahead of QB Insurance's results. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, the 16th of February. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. Ryan, as we record on this early Friday morning, we've got the US markets doing quite nicely, I suppose. The Dow Jones up by around three quarters of a percent. The S&P 500 up by a half. The NASDAQ, to be frank, could lean into it a little bit more. It's only up by around 0.1 of a percent. It has been a volatile week. We've seen a substantial sell-off. The markets are trying to come back. How would you categorize the tone of the markets as we round out the week? Well, they're choppy at the moment, Tom. There's another way to describe it, really. We have seen a lot of volatility and a lot depends on the economic narrative at the moment. So we have seen those clashing views as far as the economy is concerned. So progress has been made towards lower inflation. That shaped the view that the US Federal Reserve is in a position to cut interest rates. But then at the same time, the economy has outperformed expectations, giving the central bank cover to delay those rate cuts. They've taken some shrapnel in terms of that discussion around rate cuts, uh, the hotter than expected inflation numbers that we saw earlier in the week at a consumer level. Big red flag. Overnight, we saw another measure of inflation that really feeds into all of that import prices were substantially higher than what the market had been expecting in January. Uh, They were looking for a flat outcome, but uh, what they actually got was the biggest increase in about two years. Yes, we saw the largest gain since March 2022. Import prices jumped 0.8%, and that was on the back of rising costs for petroleum and other goods. However, if you look at the annualised number through to January, import prices actually fell 1.3% after decreasing 2.4% in December. But what it does show is that the Fed still has some work to do on the inflationary front and we get producer prices on Friday in the US, which will be critical to the outlook for interest rates going forward. There was a meaningful increase in export prices as well. They were substantially higher than expected. So what sort of a balancing item does that represent? Well, I think the import prices is where the rubber hits the road for investors in particular. So, And that was reflected in the bond market too. So we saw the US 10-year Treasury yield down by four basis points to 4.23%, and the two-year was down just two basis points to 4.56%. Normally, you'd expect those bond yields to lift on the back of a hotter-than-expected inflation read, but of course, we got a weaker-than-expected US retail spending data point last night. So these numbers were registering the biggest decline that we have seen since March of 23, down 0.8 of a percent in January for retail sales. It shows that consumers took a breather after a strong holiday shopping season. So we did see the lifting consumer spending in December quite sharply, up by around 0.6%. There were some downward revisions to the November and December numbers, but broadly, we also have seen really cold weather in the United States in January as well. So that may have kept people away from the shops in particular. But nine of the 13 categories posted decreases in the retail sales report led by building material stores and auto dealers. And that points to that cold weather. I suppose when you consider the Christmas shopping season now more broadly, it actually starts in November. People are preparing for the sales at the end of October. So that whole landscape has shifted because of that whole uh, black October, even lost track of everything that uh, you call those days these days, Cyber Monday, um, <laughs> all that stuff. But the other thing complicating the picture is we saw some mixed signals, factory production or industrial production, that eased a bit, that pointed to a loss of momentum. 
And also at the same time, we did see home builder sentiment hit a six-month high and jobless claims declined. So a bit of a mixed economic backdrop there, and that's been reflected in the messiness in the market. But yeah, the there's market a lot of rats up. and mice last night in terms of the news. The Philadelphia Federal Reserve publishes a survey of manufacturing that registered its first positive since August. There's some encouraging positive momentum there. So I think you can categorise it as being uh, at something of an inflection point at the moment, the narrative around interest rates, and that always translates to a little bit of volatility in the markets, which is certainly what we have gotten in the last couple of days. Uh, just to quickly recap on those bond yields, a two-year government bond yield down by almost two basis points to 455, a 10-year at uh, 423. So that's a decline of around three basis points. Anything stand out for you on the company front last night, Ryan? It's not usual that you see a property services company such as CBRE being one of the top performers, but it jumped 10% at one stage last night, its biggest intraday jump since November 2020, after the company reported adjusted core earnings per share for the fourth quarter that beat average analyst estimates. And Piers Cushman and Wakefield and Jones Lang LaSalle also traded high by around 8%. There has been a lot of disquiet, to say the least, when it comes to the big property companies. There's been a lot of conversation about the, how spongy their numbers are and how accurate their representations are of what's going on. And with rising interest rates, there's been a lot of expectation that perhaps something might be uh, about to cave in in that landscape. And speaking of banks, Wells Fargo shares lifted 7%. After it said one of its primary regulators had lifted a key punishment from its 2016 fake account scandal. So that scandal had plunged the bank into years of regulatory and management turmoil and some hope there for investors in that bank led to its share price lifting sharply. We also saw Alphabet shares down by around two and a half percent. So their self-driving unit has been making some headlines because uh, one of their cars has uh, had a collision and it's been blamed on the software. They've had to recall the software and uh, the shares were down by more than 3% at one stage. They're down by about 2.5%. Still in that neighbourhood, Rivian, the EV maker, up by uh, 6%. So this stock has been caned this year. It's down by 30% in year-to-date terms. But there's uh, some optimism around a launch of a new car that will be more reasonably priced, and that has seen the shares rise by about 6% today. Also worth noting that Deere & Co, the world's largest farm equipment maker, lost 6% after cutting its 2024 profit forecast. So we have seen those farming companies under some pressure. Of course, the situation in the Ukraine with Russia isn't helping, as well as weather events too. Just quickly, Ryan, European markets, we won't spend too much time here, but notably the German DAX is doing quite well in record territory at the moment. As is the French Coron, as you would call it, Tom, and it performed very well last night as well, near record highs, and that was on the back of a lift in Renault, which jumped 6.3% after announcing a large lift in its dividend. The other thing to note as well is the UK FTSE 100 index rose 0.4%, with investors adding to their bets on the Bank of England cutting interest rates this year after we saw Britain's economy fall into recession in the second half of 2023, gross domestic product contracted by 0.3% in the December quarter. So just quickly, German DAX up 0.6%, uh, the French market up 09 And that takes us to the Australian market today. As I said, the futures are pointing to a gain of around 0.9 of a percent in terms of companies reporting today. Amongst them will be the ASX, uh, something of an insurance theme with IAG and QBE. Inghams, 
QBE insurance stands out for me and it could demonstrate its ability to generate stable earnings growth in financial year 23. Its net income is expected to come in at $1.4 billion and it's expected to give guidance for financial 24 for the first time ever and also expects to achieve 5.4% gross written premiums growth in financial year 24. Indeed, with uh, rising interest rates, that tends to favour organisations like insurers, so there might be some uh, high hopes in place for that organisation. Ryan, the Aussie dollar this week, God, it's been on a roller coaster. I mean, at one stage, it was at 65.3 US cents. You had the CPI figures come out, nosedive, uh, and now it's trading just short of the levels be- before it sold off. Well, we have seen the US dollar fall for two straight sessions, which is helping the Aussie dollar at the moment. So that is a support. China's been offline. It's been a big week. I hope you rest up uh, over the weekend and come back nice and fresh on Monday, right? You too, Tom. You get some rest up there in the Blue Mountains. Thanks very much. Take care. Have a lovely weekend. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.